You're listening to 95.1 AM 1080 KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. My name is Rich Larson. Happy to be joined right now by Northfield Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Good afternoon, Dr. Hillman. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me in. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate this. Now, I um, had really wanted to be at the, uh, there was a special work session for the school board on Monday, or Tuesday, I should say. And I had I had really wanted to be there, but there was also a city council meeting at the same time, and I there was some stuff being talked about there that I had to cover. So uh, I appreciate you coming in to help uh, help us understand what exactly uh, all you guys talked about at the uh, the work session on Tuesday. It I'm guessing it pretty much all uh, centered around the uh, uh, the high school facility and maybe the uh, the phone survey that that is ongoing. Yeah, so it, just to you know, reground listeners where we're at. As people know, um, you know, we have been talking about the problems associated with the high school facility for some time. Uh, people know that the school district have, are really good stewards of the things that are entrusted to us: our budget, our students, obviously, uh, and the buildings. And so, yeah. you know, we have continued to do the best we can with the budget that we have to maintain the current high school facility, but. Like all buildings of its age, there are problems that you just can't solve with your regular operating budget. So back in October, we really started this discussion in earnest about uh, in November of 2024, should we or should we not uh, ask the public to provide funds to address the facility problems at the high school. And up until this point, we really had been working on coming to consensus as a board, the elected representatives of the community around what are the problems that we're trying to solve with the high school facility so that we're all on the same page about what are the problems that face us, what are the challenges that we have to address, and how do we define those, and then how do we consider solutions. And so uh, uh, Tuesday's uh, uh, work session, we did just that. Now, we did start our high school district youth council. They conducted a survey of high school students. Oh. Um and I don't have all the details of sure. that data. We can talk about that uh, next week. But yeah. you know, they had uh, over 700 students participate. Um, you know, there are they really divided it out into how many, what percentage of students are satisfied with the building, what percentage of students are not satisfied with the building, um, how many are undecided. And you know, there are students who are satisfied with the building. There are students who are undecided. And as you might imagine, the uh, majority. majority of the high school students are unsatisfied <laughs> with the facility or the facility. But the good news is our district youth council representatives did an amazing job of being very objective about the data and just sharing that here's what the data is telling us and making connections between what the comments were that they heard about the things that both students like about the building, the art space, our media center, mm -hmm. again, the ones that have lots of natural light right. and those places that are a tall ceiling and inviting uh, versus the things that they don't care for, the uh, temperature uh, swings that can happen yep. uh, throughout the facility. And they, I thought, did an excellent job of saying, we're really pleased with the survey results, not because we like or dislike them, but because they align with what we hear anecdotally from our peers every day. So some really good work uh, by our district youth council. So That's they spent about you know 20 minutes sharing that with the board. And we can go into more detail yeah, with that. Yeah, um, I look forward and, to getting you know, next week. some more details on that. And then the bulk of the time was really going through uh, five different potential ways that we could address the facility issues that have been identified. And so we had Sal Bagley, who is an architect with Wold Architects and Engineers. She was the person that helped us um, from start to finish on the 2018 bond projects that resulted in the new Greenville Park Elementary mm -hmm. School. 
and the additions and renovations at Bridgewater, Spring Creek, uh, and of course at the district office. Mm. Uh, so, you know, Sal is just an excellent architect. She knows our district well. She has a, a really great track record. You know, we had a $41 million bond referendum in 2018, of which we only had to bond for $39 million of it because partially due to Sal's really uh, excellent work after the bond passed in design and our partners at Knutson Construction, who are a construction management firm and the way they bid those projects. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the public uh, should have faith in what the district does with these partners because they authorized $41 million. We only spent $39 million of it. So uh, Sal Bagley and Josh Cooper from uh, Sal from Mold Architects mm-hmm. and Josh Cooper uh, from Knutson Construction were at the meeting to talk through. There are probably really six different ways that you can look at uh, solving the problems, uh, the facility problems at Northfield High School. And within those potential pathways, there's a variety of different um, iterations within each of those. So everything we talked about was estimates, draft, test fit. So people shouldn't take this as, oh my gosh, they've got. A, we actually have several different pathways. One pathway would be to do nothing. That's one of the six pathways. Okay. We just don't think that's responsible. And we don't think that that is uh, good for our community. Right. Then when we take a look at the different pathways that were offered, you're really ranging um, in a variety of different ways. So you're looking at, we have an, one option, which we have in actually three different segments, would be around maintenance and general renovation of the existing facility within the same footprint. Mm-hmm. And you know that would range from doing just things within existing inside the existing footprint, like HVAC and some updates to some classrooms, um, some work in some music spaces, you know, just, just again, general updates of the facility, um, that, that ranges between, uh, 59 million and $87 million. And the reason for those, those differences is that the first one would just be within the footprint of the building. Uh, the second one would be considering doing some, uh, maintenance outside the building. So for example, considering adding a turfed practice field, not touching Memorial field, but mm-hmm. we know that Minnesota Springs just seem to be getting later and later and our physical education classes and our fall and spring sports really having a place that they could continue to be using outside um, and having that uh, drainage that a turf field could offer sure. something that's being considered. And then the third option going up to 87 million would be around those two first options. And then also considering uh, adding a four-court field house, again, to expand um, our athletic spaces that mm-hmm. we are really behind a, a lot of our neighbors on. And we know how important it is for kids to be engaged in healthy physical activity. Yep. And we just have a dearth of those spaces uh, within the district. We use every one of our gyms um, nearly all day, every day. And so when our high school teams have to go to our elementary schools to practice or play games, right. what happens is that our elementary school students don't have the same access to their gym after school that yeah. they might. So there's just that cascading impact. So that option one ranging from, you know, really maintenance, you know, um, light and medium renovation in place, you know, adding some outdoor uh, amenities and then uh, a facility like a field house are, that's kind of that first option ranging again between, you know, 59 million and uh, 87 million. You could even add a, a couple more million to each of those options, depending on what route we want to take with the windows. And so is it just replace the windows as is, mm-hmm. um, or uh, would you like to expand those windows? And so expanding the windows in the site would, would add about $2 million to any one of those first three options. Okay. Um, the, the next option would be really thinking about reimagining the existing building. And that would be through a combination of some addition to the facility, 
mm-hmm. and some demolition of the facility. So if you think about it, really taking down the oldest, most inefficient parts of the building and even some that were built in the last 30 years just because of the location mm-hmm. and adding a multi-story classroom addition that would include could include things like a, a new cafeteria and commons area um, obviously updated science classrooms uh, and we have a full um, description of what kinds of classrooms would be part of those kinds of updates so you think of that as the reimagine um, it would update, would keep things like the current gymnasium would be renovated, uh, the art space, the vocational wing, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the current auditorium, all of those things would be part of the facility, but they would get various levels of re- uh, renovation. Media Center, for example, is one of our the better places within the building. That would get what's called light renovation, where uh, the V-Wing, the mm-hmm. vocational uh, classrooms, those vocational shops would get a heavier dose of renovation. Okay. And then we would also add a field house uh, in mm-hmm. that scenario. You'd have some new music spaces. Our music spaces are really antiquated. So we would uh, create three new music spaces as part of that. Um, part of both of these items that is a complicating factor is a new requirement that's in the last couple of years that once you start to add on to a facility. So even in option one, the moment that we add a field house and in, in the second part that we're talking about here, reimagining, you are required to uh, have a storm shelter as part of your facility that could withstand an F4 tornado. And then there's a calculation of how much, how much square footage you need to have for that. And so once you start adding on to the building, or even if you're adding something to the campus, that's when you're required by code to be able to add the storm shelter storm shelters around a little less than $2 million for our size of site. So those first couple of things we're talking about really leverage the existing building in a lot of different ways. And the first one is really renovation Mm -hmm. maintenance, updating the HVAC, updating some, but it is more of a light touch, uh, if you will. That second option, that reimagined piece, really is around using the core parts of the existing facility that um, are the the really kind of the jewels of the building, and then replacing the parts of the building that are not uh, as efficient or as effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's really the second part. Again, both of those staying obviously on the same campus, right about the same location. Is there is there a cost estimate on that fourth? Oh, sorry. Oh uh, yeah, you bet. Uh, the cost estimate right there would be about a hundred and seventeen million five hundred thousand right, dollars. Rough. Jumping the gun. Yeah, on yeah no, that's perfectly appropriate. Yeah. That that reimagine option, yeah. um, and and the part of that one that's really interesting, Rich, is that you've got to think about the staging of it mm-hmm. because you still have to have kids going to school. Why that's and so yeah. there's a variety of different ways of looking. at it. I also want to point out that a number of these costs aren't 2024 costs, right? Right. They are costs because we're having to anticipate, let's say that the voters were to approve something in November, you're going to take about a year um, to design it. You need to do mm-hmm. the design, the actual design, where do the outlets go, You know, what kind of lights, You know, all those kinds of things um, take place after the bond referendum were passed if, if the community were to uh, do us that honor. And um, so then you're bidding in probably 2020, late 25 probably you know early 26 maybe then the construction process starts but the kids need to have a place to go to school so you would start in that that option reimagine you construct the new spaces and then once those pieces are done then you transition people and then you demolish the spaces that would be uh, subtracted from the building but we get into the next two options there things that i know a lot of people want to talk about you know which are new buildings and Mm -hmm. so there's two different ways to look at new buildings uh a new building on the same campus. So 
conceptually, uh, we've done a test fit. And when people look at this drawing, I want them to resist with all of their effort to say, well, why did they put this here? That isn't what it's about. It's a concept drawing to show that you can actually fit these pieces on the campus. And so you would see a just a, a square right. <laughs> that's a, a new building for around 1,400 students. Uh, and then in, in this option, new building, same campus, you would also keep some of the existing building, more likely the gymnasium, the auditorium, uh, the upper and lower cafeterias, really as a community amenity. Okay. So if you think about it, it would just provide another auditorium, sure. another gymnasium, another gathering space for the community. Great. But a, a bunch of that, the uh, quite a significant portion of the existing building would be demolished and then be relocating fields because, of course, there's only a few space. But Memorial right. Field would remain untouched. That was my number one question. Yep. Where are they going to play football? Rem Memorial yeah. Field would be remain untouched. It would probably have a little bit of renovation with mm -hmm. you know some of that as well, just some updates. Um, now, that range for that uh, that kind of project ranges between around $163 million, 162.8, uh, to 173.2. And... You know, that really is around um, how much of the existing building do you demolish, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we even if we keep things like the auditorium, the gymnasium, and the upper and lower cafeteria, the problem is that the HVAC system isn't a part of the building <laughs> that will be demolished. So there would right. still need to be updates to that facility, mm -hmm. you know, should we even keep that small footprint of it. So that range between uh, 162.8 and 173.2 roughly um is is for a new building on the same campus and again keeping some of the existing building trying to leverage those high value points for the community and then obviously relocating fields and and things like that and then uh you know there's always a lot of buzz because of the Oatana project around yep. what would a new building on a new site cost and that range uh, would be around 173 million to 176 million. Okay. And again, these are 2027 projected numbers because people might think, well, didn't Oatana do theirs for 122? Yep, uh, they did in 2019. And in 2017, we had proposed a building that was around $80 million. Right. So the cost of construction inflation, we can just see it happening right in front of our eyes. Yep. The difference in that range would be clearly if you moved from the existing campus you would sell the campus. Right. And so then the question becomes, uh, would a developer or a person who wants to purchase it, do we sell it with the existing building and let the uh, developer decide what to do from there? Or would we need to raise the building and then sell the property? So there would be some de some demolition costs there. Should that be the direction that we go? Again, don't know whether you'd sell it uh, with the building on it or without. I Right. Uh, hypothetically, not, and I'm not even going to ask you where, but does the district have spaces for a new campus in mind? No. Okay. Uh, I think that we do not, um, for a variety of different reasons, you you do not get to that point. We don't own land. There are right. some districts where then where they when districts are really expanding rapidly, they may purchase property uh, in advance you'll see some uh, metropolitan suburbs that have that issue, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remind people that, you know, we are not considering these uh, facility, you know, these facility updates because we are increasing in students, right? We right. are considering them because the building um, really needs updates. And there's right. a variety of ways to think about it. And there's a lot of very reasonable ways to think about it, which is why the board has been so deliberate and methodical and has met 
numerous times in public. We've been inviting people in for tours. Mm-hmm. We have a public meeting coming up on January 29th. We have a phone survey that is happening. We really want to try to get the pulse of what the community expects before the board decides what, if anything, to put on the ballot in November. And these ranges of things from, you know, really a maintenance renovation plan of the existing footprint, some modest additions uh, to the existing footprint, a reimagination mm-hmm. of the existing campus, uh, and then these two potential options of new construction, both on the existing campus, which we know people love the location, and the possibility of a, of a new campus. Uh, those things, they're ranges, but they are still ideas and, and really hypothetical uh, right now, and we'll continue to work on this over the next six weeks. We anticipate the board to make a decision about what directions to, to go to on March 11th. Um, we're obviously starting to talk about the next steps in this is, okay, um, we now know what some of these projects would cost. Mm-hmm. Clearly, taxpayers are the ones who would have to vote uh, to increase their taxes to help us pay for this. Um, do you do a 20-year bond, a 25-year bond, a 30-year bond? Mm-hmm. You're looking at that, you're always looking at that balance between what is the monthly impact to the taxpayer versus the total amount of the project with interest over time. Again, another great story. We just paid off the middle school that was passed 20 years ago. And yep. if you go back to those original documents, which I'm fairly confident we can say the interest rate that we paid for that was higher than what we're even anticipating today. Yeah. And because of our quality financial stewardship, you know, we continue to renegotiate debt over time. The taxpayers in this community paid less, around $4 million less than what was originally anticipated when they passed the bond 20 years ago. So interest is a part of what we do. Nobody goes to a very few people will go to a car sales, uh, a car, um, mm-hmm. to buy a car, yes. and they look at what the sticker price is and what's my cost per month versus how much am I going to end up paying at the end of the day. I, I think everybody should look at what they pay at the end of the day, right. but really one of the focuses is what's that monthly cost to me. So right. those next steps will be starting to look at what different ideations of how do you structure a bond, thinking about once we get more focused in on what are the questions that we would ask, do we ask one question or we break it into multiple questions? So those are the kinds of things that right. are coming up. Right. But what we really want listeners to know, we are trying to leave no stone unturned. And even these different methods that I shared with you, really about five different ways to slice and dice this, there's also a lot of uh, nuances and, and things that could be altered and tweaked within them. That That's why they are um, draft. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And they are test fit and right. they are just um, estimates. These right. are not what we're doing, but it is another step in the process to help the board and ask the community to help the board decide what is the right pathway forward. All of it costs money. At the end of the day, we're talking about uh, really a once in a generation infrastructure project. Right. And if you think about it, Northfield in our community, going back to the beginning of this community has really had three high schools. So the, the the first two high schools were just a couple blocks from where we're sitting, yep, right? Yep. The White's uh, the White Center is what most people remember right. as the that was the uh, vocational high innovative yep. high school back in the 1920s. There was a building very close to that uh, that was the original school. Um, there's some really great stories about that original school. That original school burned, oh. um, and they put the fire out. And uh, you know, facility questions have really been a challenge for our community for the entirety uh, that we've been in existence. Um, they put the fire out and it did a little renovation and kept it going for I think you know another decade or so. Wow! Uh, and then the White Center, uh, you yeah. know, which was Northfield, the Northfield High School was uh, in existence until the um, you know 1960s as the high school. Then became mm-hmm. the middle school, yep. of course, till about 20 years ago. 
And then the Northfield High School, where we sit right now, has been there since the early 1960s, early mid-1960s. So if you think about the the long and deep history, rich history that our community has, we really have had two modern high schools, mm-hmm. right? That first building was, it was really pre, um, it was, it was really, pre, it was at the very beginnings of what the comprehensive high school would look like, what most of us know today. So we get a lot out of our buildings. It's also very reasonable for buildings. Well, wait a minute. You know, I live in a house that's a hundred years old. Fair, right? Sure. I'm guessing there's been quite a few renovations done over time. There may be even have additions. You may have updated the HVAC systems in your home. This is just a different kind of project, Rich. I, I used to own a house that was 110 years old, and it was $600 a month heated at this time of year. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's the thing. Well, I'm happy you talked about heating because the other item that we are considering is another line item for potential geothermal. Mm. And so the technology for geothermal really? has okay. really improved yeah. over time. It used to be that you had to have a lot of space uh, to be able to do that, but some of the well technology has really improved. So we have a line item um, for around $7 million that could be added to any one of these uh, options mm-hmm. where we could add geothermal. And so the key part of any time you're thinking about geothermal is you're really looking at um, being able to lower your operational costs. Mm-hmm. And that is, of course, something that we have a really vested interest in with any kind of facility update. We want to save operational costs because we want to make sure that we are using the general fund dollars that we have to hire teachers and other school staff to do good things for kids. Right. And so if we can invest with bonding to be able to reduce our operating costs, that's a win for everybody, especially when we're in declining enrollment, right? We need to be able to be as efficient as we can. And I think that... Um, most people who have uh, interacted with our high school facility, at least in the last 15 years, can understand that it is not a very efficient facility. Right. Here's an interesting question, and this I, we've never talked about this, so this might be putting you on the spot a little bit. 2027. So we, 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 we're thinking 27, 28, theoretically, is when Northfield could open a new high school. If I'm doing the math right, the district ha- expects declining enrollment for 10 years. Are there projections beyond that? And, and what, what would you have to incorporate into a new building to accommodate what those projections are? So demographic projections are really important. We don't have uh, demographic projections beyond a 10-year phase because that's what most demographers would say is the reasonable local analysis that you can do. Of course, you have demographers who will do much larger population trends based on a variety of different assumptions. So 10 years is what we've got right now. Mm -hmm. I think that the X factor there is a number of things between now and then. Um, A new high school facility now, it will um, draw more people. There's a lot of folks who do have an interest uh, in considering uh, Northfield, and mm-hmm. uh, or they might be considering another community. And while we have uh, a lot of academic game and our activities are really great, um, when they look at the kinds of facilities that our places have, that let's just be honest, that is a deciding factor for folks. It also is a deciding factor for developers. We know we have a housing mm-hmm. a crisis in this community, and uh, a new high school does generate that kind of interest. So even the demographic, I can't say we are planning for declining enrollment, but would a new high school help reinvigorating, uh, reinvigorate a housing, uh, uh, 
an increase in the housing. Uh, you don't want to call it a housing boom. I did not. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> w- w- would it spur development? Yeah. Of course, it would spur development. Sure. I mean, that the the reasonable person understands that. Yep. Um, but I think the key part is that you're looking in both directions, right? Because the Northfield School District has gone through, like all other school districts, has gone through peaks and valleys of enrollment, right? And so. You know, you had a, a valley of enrollment, decline enrollment in the 1980s that turned around and rebounded mm-hmm. uh, in the 1990s, going far more than what the number of students they had had before. And that kind of cycle will very likely continue. But for right now, we have to do the hard work of planning for declining enrollment while also thinking about trying to be a, build a building that would be able to handle the enrollment for the next 75 years it's it's a lot of balls to keep in the air isn't it yeah and i won't be around to be able to decide did we do well or not in 75 <laughs> years on, you know but uh maybe i'll live in ai and we, we, we need you yeah, we need you to stick around for a while. one more quick thing when do you expect to have the results of the the phone survey great question so the phone survey is ongoing right now and we will have the report to the board at the February 26th board meeting. Okay. So they are, we just, the, what we got the other day is they really are making great progress on the calls. People uh, are had, answering their yep, phones? They had 313. And, um, you know, as they get toward the end, you know, they are, remember, they're getting a demographic segment that is analogous to the community. So it's possible someone might get called and then they realize that that demographic segment is already full. And so they mm-hmm. may move on to someone else. Um, but then it, of course, takes some time for the um, our consultants, Morris Leatherman, to be able to complete the data reports, complete the analysis, and then sk- we want to schedule this at a public meeting. Mm-hmm. And so February 26th board meeting is when we'll hear the, those okay. results. All right. Uh, also, you have a, do you have a tour scheduled for the high school? That's a great question. Up? Yeah, we have several items that the public, we really are seeking the public's feedback. Um, I've heard from some of the community, oh, they've already made a decision. No. Yeah. That is not true. It is not true. And if people say that, please say, no, they have not made a decision. <laughs> so we have a tour this Saturday uh, uh, on January 20th uh, at 10 a.m. It's about a two-hour tour. We meet in the media center. We have another tour scheduled for February 3rd. That's another Saturday, again, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Those are all on our website. Uh, we have a public meeting that's really important on January 29th from 6 to probably about a little after 8, probably 8.30 um, and in that public meeting, we will meet in the auditorium at the high school. We will provide a presentation about where we are at, what are the options that we are thinking through to solve the problems. Then community members will have a chance to go into small groups uh, in several classrooms at the high school with board mm-hmm. members and administrators. Everyone who wants to will have a chance to give us advice on what they think that we should do uh, so that people who aren't comfortable in talking in front of a large group have that opportunity. Then we'll come back to the auditorium and have a period of time where we will have a public comment style uh, section of the meeting. People, uh, stakeholders of the community, uh, district residents, um, the same kind of criteria we use for public comment at school board meetings would Mm -hmm. have two minutes apiece to speak in front of the entire assembly. And then the board will do a little bit of reflection at that meeting. We sent a postcard to every, uh, every postal customer in the district I think many of them arrived today. Mm-hmm. Um, giving that information, it's got a little QR code on it that can help take you to the website to give you that in uh, digital form. But we really want people to help us craft the potential solution before the board decides what way to go forward. Right. And then, of course, then the community, the voters of the community, have to validate that at the polls in November should the board choose to go ahead. But mm-hmm. Um, please just know there's no decision been made. In fact, there's a lot of really deep thinking happening right now about what is the right way 
to solve these problems that we face with the facility at the high school. And, and I can attest just from having uh, paid attention to the school board that, I mean, you can see opinions evolving uh, on what, what's happening. I mean, there can't be a decision that has already been made if, if, if the members of the school board haven't made up their minds yet. So. And, you know, we are, as communities, we are faced every so often with these generational infrastructure challenges. And I'm grateful to the generations that came before who leaned in and did that hard work. Mm -hmm. um, frankly, Rich, when some people hear some of these numbers, the estimates, the initial estimates, it's really hard to get your head around it. It is. Um, because it's unlike your house. It's unlike, you know, it, it is. But when we put it in context, um, it is a, these are facilities that, you know, literally tens of thousands of students will use yep. over the course of their, their lifetime. And so we will do what the community tells us, right? Mm -hmm. Our job, my job as an administrator is to help the school board be in a position where they can make the best decisions that they can with the information that is relevant to that decision. And then in this case, the school, school districts are the only entity that have to bring this kind of question before the voters. And so we will do our job to educate and then the voters are always right. They will give us their decision, and we will uh, take the next steps accordingly. We're, we're short on time, and I'm not going to ask you about this, but the next time you and I get a chance to chat, I want to talk with you about uh, the regulations on, on school funding and why, uh, why there are separate funds like this and why the district has to, has, has to go through this process for this particular money. And, but that's a conversation a for, a, of fish. for a different day. Dr. Hillman, we thank you for your time, sir. You bet.